Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Headlines for you right now that you are not likely to hear from anyone but me in the media. All right, the first is a uh, a report for hunters. There you go. All of my all of my hunting friends out there. Um, well, this is an internal headline from the Laberge Kitchen. So just so that you know, the rule in our house is I am happy to uh, process, help process, and then cook and feast upon. Um, pretty much anything, but it needs to, when it enters the house, it needs to arrive with uh, no feathers, no fur, no fins, and no face, and no feet, okay? So just, if you could, if you're a hunter and a fisher person, and you could employ these rules, trust me when I tell you, you would find um, a happier person in the kitchen to then help you, Um uh, process and ultimately devour um, that wonderful gift that God has given through, um, you know, through the gift of meat. So there you go. So uh, we processed a monster. Now, in, in where I live, a, a monster deer is not nearly as big, probably as a monster deer where you live. But anyway, uh, recently processed and had some uh, venison last night for dinner. So very, very thankful to God for the gift of his provision. And we say thanks over um, over the meat that God gives every single time we share it together because um, hunting is hard. It's, it's, it's actually a challenge. Okay, so here's the hunting headline, not related to the LaBerge household. Uh, wildlife officials in many states are issuing a record number of hunting and fishing licenses right now. Apparently, uh, people want to get outside. They're weary of being cooped up in their homes, uh, and so they want to go outside. Now, here is my warning. For those of you who are um, out there a lot, and you're used to being out there fairly independent of other people, let's be really, really careful this year. Please wear your safety colors. Please confirm exactly what's in your sights. People are precious, and frankly, there are a lot of people out there walking around and hiking and camping in the woods this year who don't even know what hunting season is um, and so are not aware of um, the potential danger. Okay, so there you go. That's my hunting headline. And then I have a Santa headline because I feel like we we need, it's time, it's time. Uh, Advent starts this coming Sunday, and so people are starting to talk about Santa. So I'm going to give you the Santa headline, and then what? Am I wrong? Is it next Sunday? Uh, yeah, it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh, I'm a week ahead. You are I a week a ahead. Whole, I am a whole week ahead. How excited am I <laughs> that I have a whole other week? Okay, then we'll talk about Santa next week. Okay. I'm, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save my tracking Santa headline and my Advent planning headline um, for next week. All right, then we will turn immediately to Bill English, who is waiting in the wings right now from BibleandBusiness.com. If any of you are now grumpy that you didn't get your Santa headline, you can at my producer, Paul Perot, who just shoved it off a week. There you go. I know. There you go. This is is what's going on. Uh, You're like an elf today. Okay. 
We'll be back. from BibleAndBusiness.com. Bill, welcome back. Hey, thanks. It's good to be back. It's good to have you, man. So um, COVID COVID headlines are kind of dominating every program but this one. Um, And with the rise in COVID cases across the country, you know, I... My concern and attention turns to, you know, all kinds of groups of people, and I thought it might be good with you to talk about um, what business owners and managers can do, um, you know, to not only protect themselves and their staff, but also, you know, keep productivity high? Because I think that's a challenge. It's a real challenge. Yeah, it's a real challenge. Uh, What we are doing at the company that I'm running is that we're really starting to face into the use of Zoom or Teams, uh, video conferencing, audio conferencing, using technology, really, uh, to to let our employees work uh, really from anywhere that they want to be and yet still be productive. Now, it took us uh, a while to make sure that our employees had all the resources, technically speaking, uh, to be able to do this, but we spent the last really six months building this into our uh, uh, technical and process infrastructure, so to speak, and so we can do that. Uh, another idea is because people get lonely when they work from home. I've noticed mm-hmm. this. We've had a number of people say, man, I'm just so glad to be at work, which, you know, you don't normally hear. Um, so we're starting to create what are called birds of a feather group. These are online groups that people can join. Uh, they can be anything from gardening to, you know, fixing cars to, you know, really off work. Out people who of listen work. to mornings with Carmen, that could you be know, a group. It, it, it could be a group. I, I, uh, yes, <laughs> that I, Thank you. I'll I'll make sure that one gets created today. Uh, The other thing that we're toying around with is providing a virtual dinner for our our, our team. Okay, that's totally fun. It is. So we would meet over Zoom or over Teams because we have Teams internally. We would meet over Teams um, and then we'd have pizza delivered to everybody's house at the same time. And then we'd all have dinner together. Something like that, or Jimmy John's, you know, something okay, like that. Okay, so now let me just go ahead and say, this is this is something that you could do with your church small group. This is something, this is an idea that really has um, a lot of broad appeal. And so let me encourage you to um, do your dinners for eight or do your small group. And um, and if you could even do it, have some kind of progressive, uh, progressive supper. It wouldn't be the old-fashioned kind, um, but it just... Think creatively about this particular option because that's one, you know, frankly, I really, I love that. I love that one. Yeah, and maybe maybe we should do a Mornings with Carmen, you know, progressive dinner or something like that. So, Absolutely, because, uh, you know, you could listen to Mornings with Carmen all hours of the day and night. Like, it could, we could progress around the time zones. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Now you've got my brain working. It's good, it's good. All right, go to the next one because I, I think that the next one is important as well um, because there are folks who cannot work. And so we need to be, uh, you know, mindful of that as well. Well, I think the next two would be helpful. First of all, educate them on how unemployment uh, insurance works. Uh, 
if mm. you haven't already done so. There are some people who would like to work and who cannot work at their jobs. And so you might want to uh, take a look at that. And then the other one is to perhaps just consider uh, passing out a smaller bonus, anywhere from 100 to $500 per person. It can be a Visa card. I would not do a vendor-specific card like Starbucks or Target, uh, where it, my company, which is statewide in Minnesota, I have 750 employees. Uh, if we do a Starbucks card, the people in the rural areas don't have Starbucks and they don't have targets. So we, we need to think about just doing visa cards where they can spend the money uh, that way. But I think those two things would also help uh, your employees. Okay, I love that. And then you talk here about um, that protecting staff and their jobs means a number of other things as well on the business side of the conversation. Yeah, on the business side, and I know that this is mainly applies to business owners, and I'll, I'll be brief here. But first of all, make sure your supply chain is reliable. Uh, if, a, if a number of your businesses in your supply chain have been going out of business, then you got to shore that up. And you got to uh, have make sure that your supply chain is reliable. Secondly, I, I talk about shortening the time from cash to cash. In other words, from the time that you spend cash on something till the time that the cash comes back because it was a revenue-generating activity or product or material, uh, that you spent cash on, when are you going to get the cash back? And so try to shorten up that time where you go from spending cash to receiving cash. And uh, in times like these, companies tend to look at that, at that transition, that time period from cash to cash, almost more closely than they look at their profit and loss statements. It's one thing to know you're profitable, but boy, managing cash here is really, really important. It helps provide stability uh, for your employees. So make sure that you understand uh, when you spend cash and when you're going to get it back and, and can you shorten that time period. Great time also to renegotiate some of your leases. Maybe try to get some free months, see if you can get three to six months free up front, add it to the back end of the lease, maybe extend the lease a little bit and uh, see if you can't renegotiate your leases that way. And uh, also, because of the PPP, the CARES Act, you should have been and should continue to be deferring your, the employer portion of your payroll taxes through the end of the year. Now, remember that this is important because, it, for example, in the company that I'm running, that equates to about $400,000 over the course uh, between March and the end of the year. And we don't have to pay that back until half of it at the end of 21 and the other half at the end of 22. So it's in essence getting a free $200,000 loan through the end of 21 and another free $200,000 loan through the end of 22. So employers should be thinking about that. That helps provide stability and cash to your business right now, something that you ought to be doing. All right. We have a number of, um, of headlines uh, related to the CARES Act and uh, as rent comes due for thousands of people here at the at the end of the year, um, there is the expectation of a torrent of bankruptcy filings. And so just want to be mindful of that, be watchful of that in your own communities and certainly within your own churches. If, if there are places and ways that you can step in to help others in this season, that would be, um, that would be really an extraordinary gift because when a business goes out of business, um, you know, it's not just the owners and employees that are affected, but all of us who have benefited from uh, their work in the community and the, the resources generated through them. All right, uh, Bill English and I are going to take a very brief break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the relationship 
of Paul and Timothy. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. We're going down to the river, down to the river, down to the river to pray. All right, treading into a passage of scripture that uses a word that is immediately inflammatory in the American context. So I'm just warning you of that in advance. We're going to talk about the relationship of Paul and Timothy and some of Paul's instruction to Timothy. Uh, And Bill English is crazily willing to till the soil of this conversation today. (laughs) I don't know if it's crazy. It's never crazy to teach the counsel of God, right? No, it's never crazy to teach the counsel of God. It is um it it is deep water to wade into when we only have a few minutes to talk about it, but I'll read the passage and then um and then we can talk about the modern corollary. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. This is Paul's counsel to Timothy. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Those who have believing masters should not show them disrespect just because they are fellow believers. Instead, they should serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their slaves. First of all, the word slave does not mean the same thing today, um, and certainly not in the American uh, context that it meant when Paul wrote those words. Yeah, that's actually correct. Uh, slaves in Paul's day had rights. Uh, they could accumulate wealth. They could get married. They could purchase their freedom. And most people were slaves for only seven years, and uh, the vast majority were freed by the time they were age 30. So uh, the slavery system that Paul is referring to under Roman law is very different than the uh, very difficult slavery that we had in America. Here. So the two are not comparable. But the way you contextualize this is to say that we're really talking about the employee-employer relationship today, right? So um, that's, that's the way we contextualize it. And Paul says to give our managers uh, really full respect, even if they don't deserve it, even if they lack in quality of character or purity of life, we give them full respect and why do we do that? Uh, so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Now, that word slandered is the same word that we uh, translate blaspheme. And it literally means to take something sacred and use it in a way that degrades its worth. And the connection that Paul is making here is that we can actually degrade God's name and degrade the worth of his word. We degrade the worth of his name, the worth of his word, by showing our managers less than full respect. That's the that's the connection Paul is making here. So, so how the, we so let me tell you the 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 example, the timely uh, example from this time of year that comes to mind in relationship to this passage of scripture. Um, Bob Cratchit, the fictional character in Charles Dickens' um, A Christmas Carol, he's abused, he's underpaid. Scrooge treats him horribly. Um, But there is no question that Cratchit um, demonstrates not only in the way that he treats Ebenezer Scrooge directly in his service, but behind his back when Bob Cratchit, you know, basically counsels his family, um, you know, not to speak ill of Ebenezer Scrooge, that we, you know, we have what we have because of of this person, even though this person is behaving in a way that is 
grossly contrary to the way any human being should treat another. So I just that that can that I mean, I know it's not contemporary since The Christmas Carol was written in 1843, but a lot of people are familiar with it and will be watching it this season. And it does it does amplify the truth of this passage of Scripture. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians do not connect their behavior towards their manager at work with what they really believe about the worth of God's name and the worth of his word, the Bible. And yet Paul makes a very clear connection here between the two. If we're going to really highly value the name of God and we're going to highly value his teaching, then you know what? One of the ways that's going to be revealed, so to speak, is by treating our managers with full respect, even when they don't deserve it. Yeah, no question about it. All right. Um, you know, the the principle here is... Um, is giving other people the respect due them as image bearers of the living God, even if they are not behaving in a way um, that aligns with that reality. I mean, is that fair to say? It's We're ultimately respecting God and we're respecting God's Word um, and therefore showing respect to a person even when that person is not behaving in a way due of respect. Correct. And even when they make mistakes— and the reason that we do this, Carmen, is because we see in them what they could be if they were living under the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when, when you take a look at where that person could be, if they knew who Jesus Christ was and accepted him as their Savior and Lord, then you say, okay, I can give them respect because of who they could be, who they could become. And maybe I'm the only Bible they'll ever read, so they need to see uh, that a person who walks with God has certain characteristics uh, that they don't normally see in their life. Absolutely. All right, Bill, um, thank you so very much. So many uh, other headlines that you and I could till the soil of today. Here's one I'm going um, to get you to start thinking about. There's apparently okay. an, eff- an effort underway um, to block the hiring or to dissuade anyone from hiring anyone who has worked for the Trump administration and or the Trump campaign. And so I I would not not dealing maybe specifically with that scenario, but dealing with the broader question of, you know, if you're looking for a job right now in this market, are there ways that you should be thinking about presenting yourself and things on your Vitae um, or your resume that, you know, are sensitive to the times in which we're living and the biases people may have. I just, you know, hiring bias may be the broad category here. So can we talk about that sometime in the future? Yeah, I'd be happy to talk about that with you. All right. Love it. All right. Hey, thanks, man. And um, um, apparently I'm not wishing people a happy Advent season yet because I was a week early in my notes. But let me just say this. The Santa tracker is going to be up again this year. I, I just I wanted to get that news out there and Paul wouldn't let me share it earlier. So there you go. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you soon. That's Bill All English right. from BibleandBusiness.com. We'll be right back. More, Muslim, more Muslims are coming to Jesus today than at any other time in human history. Uh, the founder of Iran Alive Ministries, which among other things, provides 24-hour broadcast ministry through satellite into the nation of Iran. Um, 
Uh, Pastor Hermos Shariat is joining me now. He has just released his book, Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. Uh, And he's going to talk with us about how to share the gospel with Muslims and what God is doing specifically turning the hearts of the people of Iran to Christ. He claims in the book, Iran will be the first Muslim nation to turn to Christ. Hear him next here on Mornings with Carmen. This is Max Locato. I was on a plane when a fellow coming down the aisle called my name. He handed me a message that he had scribbled on a napkin. Six years ago, Lynn and I buried our 24-year-old daughter. To unplug our daughter from life support was very hard. Although it was painful, we were confident we were doing the right thing in laying her in the arms of a mighty God. He made our daughter better than new. He restored my Aaron to his eternal presence. That is his best work. Our faith is getting us through this. Faith is a choice. How does a dad bury a daughter and then believe, so deeply believe, that God meant him good and not harm? Simple. This grieving dad believes God's promises. Faith is a choice, he wrote. It is. This is Max Locato. Dr. Hermuz Shariat joins me now. He is the founder of Iran Alive Ministries. His recently released book is Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. Um, Pastor Hermuz, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, thank you, Carmen, for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity to share. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled um, to have you here today. Um, your personal testimony is... Um, is particularly poignant, but the ministry that God has entrusted you with to uh, reach six million Iranians each week with the gospel of Christ is really extraordinary. So I'd love for you to walk us through um, the book, Iran's Great Awakening, because I think that in walking through the book, we get to hear not only your testimony, but also what God is doing um, bringing literally millions of people to Christ. So can you just Share with us. Let's let's start with your personal journey. Yes, well, God is God, and despite Amen. all the troubles around the world with Corona and everything else, He is in the business of saving people and saving nations, and He's doing that. And we are seeing a, a, a special move of God in Iran. And I've written that book to update people to let them know God is moving among Muslims and Iran will be the first Islamic nation that will turn to Christ. It's already happening. It's not a future event. It's a current event. Now, about my book, uh, Iran's Great Awakening, uh, it has three parts. The first part is my personal journey. Second part is a very detailed studies uh, in the Bible about the prophecies about Iran. Not many people know there's so much in the Bible about the future of Iran, which is Persia in the Bible and Elam in the Bible. And in the third part, I give a strategy that we are implementing to transform that nation into a Christian nation. Now, about my journey, I was born as a Muslim in uh, Iran, uh, pretty much devout. I was on the streets of Tehran in 79 as a student, shouting, death to America, death to America. 
But, you know, in my heart, I was saying, no, not yet, please. I want to go there, get my PhD. So uh, I came to U.S. right after the revolution and uh, got a PhD in artificial intelligence. While I was a student, I started wondering, should I dedicate my life to Islam? So I, I went on a journey of studying Islam carefully. It did not satisfy my soul. So I read the Bible. I said, let me compare. And as I was reading the Bible, especially the book of Matthew, I realized these two religions are not the same. These two books are not the same. And Jesus is not the same as Muhammad. So after a few months of struggle, I realized that there is no competition with Jesus. His love, uh, what he offers, it, it sounded too good to be true, but I said, let me try it. And one day I just prayed a, a simple prayer and it changed my life. I got so excited. I said, this simple message that even a child can understand can change lives, can save marriages. It saved my marriage and it has the power to change nations. That's how I got excited, started sharing the gospel. When you talk about, um, when you talk about Jesus, um, do you find that people with a Muslim background, that God's already tilled that soil in their heart and mind, that they're, they're ready? It seems like you were ready to discover the truth of who Jesus is. Uh, are you finding that in other people as well? It, it has grown a lot, Carmen. You know, I was one of the first fruits of the new movement in Iran, an intellectual approaching it just by uh, comparing. But today is different. The move of God in Iran has opened the hearts and minds of not just the educated. Everybody is questioning Islam. They are saying, we have experienced Islam for 40 years. We know what it is. And we don't want it. So uh, is, Islam has uh, experienced its greatest defeat in history in Iran. And you're talking about their heart. You are so right. I'm amazed. This is a work of God. When I shared the gospel with Iranian Muslims, I realized the gospel is already written on their hearts. For example, if I ask a typical Iranian Muslim, what do you think about Islam? I'm talking about Muslims saying this. What do you think about Islam? Most of the time they talk negative about Islam, that there is there's no peace in it. There is a, uh, the, the God is violent, uh, unjust. <clears throat> they talk about how dark uh, Islam is. Even uh, they attack Prophet Muhammad. They call him pedophile. I don't. They do. And you ask the same person. Again, this is a Muslim. Ask the same person. What do you think about Christianity? For the most part, they say very positive things. Oh, Jesus and Christianity is a religion of love, forgiveness. I ask them, what do you think? Who do you think God is? They say, oh, I don't, we don't believe in this God of Islam. So, okay, what, which, which God do you believe in? This is what they say. They describe the God of Bible. They say, oh, I, I believe God is love and wants us to love one another. I believe God forgives us and wants us to forgive one another. Without knowing, they describe the God of the Bible. That's why we get such a great response. When I share the simplest message uh, on, on our satellite channel, we get response. W one good news, Carmen, we started uh, a focus on evangelism 
and we expanded our ministry on, on satellite channel. We, we have a 24-7 channel in May. And suddenly, the number of salvation went up 10 to 20 times. Mm. And it has continued the last few months. We have never seen, we have been on the air for 20 years. We've never seen anything like this. We just celebrated the salvation of 10,000 people in just five months. Amen. Amen. Um, I, Dr. Hormuz, and let me just remind people, I am talking with Dr. Hormuz Shariat. Uh, we are talking about uh, his ministry with Iran Alive. It's a Iran Alive Ministries. You can also check out his debut book, Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. Um, I am hearing those kinds of numbers that you're talking about. I'm hearing them from ministries like uh, Global Media Outreach. I'm hearing them um, from, you know, other global witnesses around the world. It it does seem, I mean, I am confident God is on the move. There is something going on in terms of revival around the world. And you're bearing witness to it um, in the life of one specific nation, and that is Iran. Um, most of the news that we hear is is not this. And so I just, it's thrilling and it's inspiring uh, to hear you tell us what you see God doing. We have to take a very brief break. When we come back, I'd love for you to talk with us about, um, you know, this uh, this technology, right? The, the use of technology to advance the gospel. There's a lot of people who are, you know, they're sort of living in, in a fear of technology, but technology can be used for good and certainly the advancement of the gospel, and you are doing that. So um, I want to talk about how God is using you and satellite television to, you know, reach reach into what, the ninth most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian, and that is Iran. I'm going to continue my conversation with Dr. Hamuz Shariat in just a moment. We'll be right back. Continue my conversation with Dr. Hamuz Shariat. Uh, he is the founder of Iran Alive Ministries. He's now the author of Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Speak Revival. Um, Pastor Hermuz, I have just heard from a listener who feels like his uh, prayers are bouncing off heaven these days. Um, when you think of a signal bouncing off of something and penetrating hearts and minds, uh, what do you think of? Well, God always hears our, our prayers. And uh, uh, I, I've seen that when we pray, he um, he acknowledges, he responds immediately, sometimes later. Sometimes he says, oh, well, uh, you ask this, but I have a better idea. Uh, I've seen uh, I've seen God move with the prayer. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. emphasize that. You know, there is a prince of Persia, the dark spirit over Iran, and uh, we are fighting a very, very high-ranking dark spirit. And number one is prayer, and we, we pray uh, that's why we are having victory. So I, I, first of all, I want to encourage uh, people, never give up. God hears our prayers, and uh, it has impact even if you don't see it. But about Iran, uh, you know, media is powerful tool. That's why we see, even in America, there is a fight over media with uh, uh, with uh, not just the broadcast, but we see Twitter, Facebook, all this social media, there is a spiritual warfare. We see there is warfare on earth uh, on them, but there is a spiritual warfare 
for the media, because it's so powerful, both sides want to have a control over it. And in Iran, it's the same. In, in America, it's different. But again, the enemy wants to take control of the media. In Iran, it's, the hand, it's in the hands of the government. Everything is in the hands of the government. Internet, every news agency, every broadcast, every television channel, everything is under control of the government, except one thing. The signal that comes from the sky, satellite television. That's why we use satellite television as our first approach. We go over the heads of the mullahs into people's homes 24-7 and talk about God's love and Jesus' way of salvation and changing lives, changing families and nations. And because the signal comes from the sky, the government cannot do anything. That's why they're so mad at us. That's why I get life threats. That's why they say we are going to destroy you. And they produce all kinds of fake material in Iran to um, attack my character, attack our ministry. So there is a warfare in the with the prince of the air. We, we, hear, we read that in the Bible. There is a warfare in the media, and we need to be alert. Um, Doctor, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you now um, to do something I've never asked anybody on the air to do, and so I'm just going to trust that this is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Would you make an appeal in Farsi right now to someone who is listening, um, for whom that is their heart language? Would you make the gospel appeal? Uh, Of course, and as I do with uh, you and your Listeners pray because I'm going to share a very short message of the gospel and a short invitation. بله عزیزانم که فارسی زبان هستید ایران افغان میخوام بدونید که خدا محبته خدا شما رو دوست داره میخواد وارد قلب و زندگیت بشه و تو رو عوض کنه میخواد آرامش و شادی و محبت خودش رو تو قلب تو بگذاره اگر به عیسی مسیح ایمان میاری میگی فقط بگی عیسی مسیح به قلب و زندگی من بیا او میاد و زندگی تو زیر و رو میکنه چون زندگی منو زیر و رو کرده پس همین الان عقبم ننداز بگو خداوندا دوست دارم منو نجات بده عیسی مسیح به قلب و زندگی من بیا آمین آمین um, if that's your heart language um, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for you for those of you who are listening um, who are English speakers, the gospel is something that we hear all the time, and we are set in in the earth right now to proclaim to others. And uh, I I just want to encourage everyone who's listening right now to be praying ardently. This is this is actually the global day of prayer for um, for people from Muslim backgrounds, and um, it's a it's a particularly exciting day to be talking with Dr. Humuz Shariat, and so. Um, thank you so much, Pastor Hermuz. The ministry is Iran Alive Ministries. The book is Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. What a gracious pleasure to get to talk with you today. I'm wondering if you could share with us um, maybe one story of one person who has come to Christ in Iran um, for whom we could then be specifically praying as a brother or sister in Christ. Yeah, I want to share how powerful media is to penetrate Uh, people's lives. Uh, I, I, I want to share the story of this uh, lady. She was. Uh, uh, she said I was born in a wealthy family, and I got married against my father's will with a, a young man. And and uh, so my father disowned me. I moved in with him, of course, and he lived with his dad. 
And uh, when I went there, I realized he's a drug addict. He's not who he said he was. And because of his addiction, we'd had nothing. And he started forcing me to do prostitution uh, for to for him to get the money. So he would put me in a uh, in a room uh, and will bring customers uh, every night uh, that that would have sex with me and would pay him for the for the drugs. And I had I couldn't get out of that room. I was a I, I was a sex slave, and. He said, uh, for to, for me to be busy, he got he stole a cable from a from a, a neighbor to my room to watch uh, television while he's away and the door is locked during the day. So uh, he, she said, I had no choice. I had to watch whatever our neighbor was what were watching, and they were watching your programs. Mm. So. After a while of having, forcing to watch your programs, I came to Christ. My life was changed. And I prayed, God, would you set me free from this prison? And one night, suddenly, uh, um, just miraculously, he was asleep and all the doors were open. I ran away on the streets, ran towards my father's house, the other side of the street, uh, city. And as I was running, I said, my father hates me. God, would you change his heart to love me? He said, uh, late in the night, I knock on the door. My father opens the door. I expected him to yell at me and shut the door. But suddenly, a love of God was on him. He embraced me and accepted me into his room, in his home. He said, this is like a few months ago. I shared the gospel with my dad and with my family. They all have come to Christ. What to say? God is powerful, and even a sex slave imprisoned in a room, in a dark room, uh, we can reach him through the media, and God can reach him through media. And he, there is nothing can stop him from loving and saving people. God bless America. Thank you so much. The stories are inspiring. The witness is ongoing. The need is great. Um, if, you're, if you're looking for something to pray about today, uh, among the 84 million people who live in the nation of Iran, two-thirds of them um, say they don't currently consider themselves Muslim. And so that means there's a spiritual openness to some 56 million people. And this is the ministry that is penetrating um, that environment with the gospel. It is, according to Open Doors, the ninth most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian, so let's be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Iran, and let's be praying for God to continue to anoint and expand the ministry of Iran alive. Um, Dr. Hermuz Shariat, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Well, thank you. I just want to share our website uh, if you want to know Please. more or you want to order the book, iranalive.org, iranalive.org. Of course, you can uh, order it from Amazon. And by the way, I've dedicated the book to ministry. I don't get any personal benefit out of it. Everything goes for the salvation of Muslims in the Middle East. Amen. IranAlive.org. Dr. Hormuz, thank you so much. God bless you, Carmen. Have a great day. Likewise. We'll be right back. God is great and God is good. The gospel is going forth into places and spaces where we really cannot even imagine what life is like. And the gospel is going forth today 
through the witnesses to Jesus like you and me. And so listener Jessica, we want to share with her today, a member of her backyard Bible study is going to be baptized today. God is on the move in my backyard, she says, moving human hearts and drawing people unto himself in Jesus Christ. This is a COVID silver lining. People coming to Jesus because, well, frankly, they're in a backyard Bible study that wasn't even conceived of before uh, the COVID pandemic. So there you go. God is on the move in backyards across America. God is on the move through satellite ministries in Iran. God is on the move right now. And the word of God never goes forth, but that it accomplishes his will. So let's be people who walk it out into the world that God so loves. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.